be uh, thinking this morning uh, of a particular verse in Proverbs, and uh, Aaron has asked me to read verses 1 to 12 of Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them round your neck. Write them on the, on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with all your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. Um, let's pray. Let's pray. We need God's help now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you, Lord our God, that it contains everything we need to know about you and how to be right with you. So, Father, come and, come and speak through your Bible this morning, please. Lord, we ask, Father, that, that you would be with us by your Holy Spirit and you would turn our hearts to Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us to trust you. Help us to lean on you and not on our own understanding. For you are God and we are really quite small, weak and foolish. So be our help, Lord God, be our strength. And help me now, loving Saviour, help me now to teach. Speak through me, Father, to the praise and glory of you alone, we pray. Amen. So our verse for the year is Proverbs 5, which is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do you know what it is, those of you who drive, do you know what it is to be hopelessly lost in a city where you, you try and follow the road signs and it's just hopeless? In the days before Satnav, I may have been so busy concentrating on the signs and trying to take the, the third exit of the next roundabout that I might have missed one or two other things on the road. It happened quite spectacularly one day in Manchester. We'd been to a friend's wedding, and as we left the venue, I tried to find the M62 so I could take the family home. But somehow I just seemed to go, be going round and round in circles and I could not find the M62. So as I, I tried to follow the big signs for it, I heard one of my kids from the, the back of the car saying, hey dad, did you see what you just did there? So I turned, turned me turned my head round to see what I'd done. I'd driven through a red light. And while I was busy looking to see what I'd done, I drove through another. What I didn't miss 
was the blue flashing light that appeared behind me within a few seconds. A blue flashing light, police car pulled up behind me, I stopped, he got out, he came over to me and said, do you know what you've done there, sir? I said, yes, I have, but, I, but I'm lost and I can't find my way home. Amazingly, he said, follow me, I'll take you to the slip road for the M62, and when I get there, I'll put me hazard lights on so you'll know which way to go. Y yes, sir, sorry, sir, thank you, sir. And, and off we set, without any more incidents, and, amazingly, without any more points on me license. Hallelujah. So what are you like when you get to a new city and you're trying to find your way? What are you like when it comes to knowing God's way for you in your life? What are you like in following God's way? Do you lean on your own understanding or do you lean on God's understanding? This is what today's message is about. And to help us, particularly in the light that we as a church are looking for a new pastor this year, then we, we want to know which way the Lord is leading us. So I have three points. The three points of my message are to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. So number one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does it mean to trust? What does it mean to trust? Trust, I think, is another word for faith, which is another word for confidence. Usually we think as faith or trust or confidence as something that we have inside us so that when we were introduced to a to somebody and we, we say, oh, you're a, you're a missionary in Ethiopia. Oh, I wish I had your faith. As if it was something inside them that had grown and grown. As if they're some kind of Christian superhero. I want to suggest that faith, trust, and confidence is an external thing. It's not something, in, well, it is something in you, but it's, it's based on something outside of you. Supposing you're going on holiday and overseas and you have to drive down to Heathrow Airport. Your plane's at three o'clock in the afternoon, so you know you need to be there at something ridiculous like seven o'clock in the morning, don't you, to, get, to, to wait all that time. You have to be there on time. You're going to drive down. Now the question is, are you're going to be more confident in a 30-year-old Ford Escort or a brand-new Audi. Now, which one would you put your trust in? Which one would you have faith in? Which car would give you confidence? Now, when you drive down to Heathrow, the roads are going to be the same, the weather conditions are going to be the same, whichever car you go in, and your, your driving skill will be the same, whichever car you go in. But which one will you trust in? Which one will have you, you have faith to get you there? Which one will you have confidence in? Do you see what I mean? That confidence is, that this trust is something in you, but it's, it's placed on an external object. It's placed in something outside of you. So that your trust 
is the same as faith, which is the same as confidence. If your God is small, weak, and feeble, and he doesn't quite know what's going to happen in the future, and he doesn't want to help you even if he could, then why would you have trust in that kind of God? But if your God is the one who rules over heaven and earth, then he is the God that you can trust. He is a God who is worthy of your faith. He's a God you can have confidence in. You see, it's, it's, it's what kind of God you serve. If he's small and weak, you have little trust in him. But if he's the almighty one, then you can have trust in him. This is what the apostle Paul believed about God in Ephesians 3.20. Paul said, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. That's a big God, isn't it? Paul has his trust in a big God, not a small, weak, and feeble God. Paul's God is the ruler of heaven and earth. So when it says in Proverbs 3, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, then you need a biblical understanding of how great God is. Not your own understanding of how big God is, a biblical understanding of how great God is. This is the one who spoke in Isaiah 66. He said, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, where is the house you will build for me? Where is my resting place? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they come into being, declares the Lord. That's a big God, isn't it? That's a big God. The God who, whose heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Can you imagine him leaning back on his heavenly throne? Forgive me for the... Uh, for, for, for the bring, making God small, but can you imagine him on his heavenly throne with his feet resting on earth because he is so great and mighty? This is the biblical God, isn't it? This is the God that we have confidence in, the God that we trust. It's not about you. But it is about you, but it's about God. It's an external thing. The almighty God whom you can trust with all your heart. We hear that phrase, all your heart, on Valentine's cards, don't we? I love you, darling, with all my heart. Trust God more than that. Trust God more than that. Trust the biblical God who is far bigger and greater and mightier than we can understand. That's the one who, that's the God whom we trust. That's the God who reigns over heaven and earth and the God who loves you very much. This is the God that we trust. So number two, we will not lean on our own understanding. Now, I hope I don't upset anybody with this one, but as we mix with other Christians, sometimes we, will he we may hear somebody say, the Holy Spirit told me such and such a thing. I remember a, a, a friend of mine in Newcastle introduced me to an American missionary working in Lithuania. And this American missionary 
proudly told me how obedient he was to God. Yes, the Lord told me to go to, to Lithuania to plant a new church there. But my wife refused to go, so I divorced her. Because I had to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, didn't I? I hope you're as shocked as I was when I first heard that. I asked him to show me which Bible verse would back that up because my Bible says the exact opposite. Now, I'm not talking about divorce this morning. That, I, I know that some of you felt that pain. My, my, my own parents were, were divorced. I've, I felt that pain. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. It isn't a study about marriage. It's a study about the Bible. You can be sure that the Holy Spirit will never, ever tell you anything that contradicts the Bible, okay? The Holy Spirit will never ever tell you something different from the Bible. So the, the, certainly the Holy Spirit does speak to us, absolutely, but he will not say anything that contradicts the Bible, such as my American friend thought. The Bible has a back cover on it. That means it can't be added to, okay? And the way to stop leaning on our own understanding is to lean on God's infinite understanding, his revealed will found in the Bible. Now, the Bible contains everything we need to know about God and how to be right with God. Okay, we'll use the Bible to help us lean not on our own understanding, we'll lean on God's understanding. Great, we'll, now, we'll use the Bible. Now, some people like to use the lucky dip method. Have you come across that? They'll open the Bible randomly and stick their finger in a verse and see if that's a special verse for today. Well, it might be, but it might not be. Supposing somebody opened the Bible at random and shut their eyes and stuck their finger in a page and they came across Matthew 27, which says, and then Judas went away and hanged himself. Oh, that's not very helpful. Maybe I better try again. So you close your Bible, you open it up again, you shut your eyes and you stick your finger in, and then you find another verse which says, go and do likewise. It may, the lucky dip method may or it may not be helpful. So we, we can't necessarily trust it. What can we trust? We can trust the whole Bible. We can trust the whole Bible. So let's be specific. Stapleford Baptist Church is looking for a new pastor. Is there any kind of guidance in the Bible that would help us to see what kind of man we should be looking for? Now, in the Bible, God has made very many things very clear. He's told us about the sin of pornography, and that's something some of you need to deal with. He's told us that that is sin. He's told us about the sin of stealing or gossiping. That is sinful. We must stop it. He's made those kind of things very, very clear. But what, what the Bible doesn't say is that your next pastor is going to be six foot two, he's going to be broad, he's, sorry, he's six foot two, he's going to be blonde, and he's going to have a Scottish accent. The Bible doesn't give us that kind of specific guidance, does it? But if we look through the Bible, we'll see the principles that it does give us. So, we'll look in, for example, 1 Timothy chapter 3, which says these are the qualifications for an elder. And an elder 
is the same as a, a pastor. A pastor is a, a, a full-time elder, okay? Let's be very clear about that. A pastor is a full-time elder. It's not, not something different from the elders. So we'll look in 1 Timothy 3, which says, now, a, an overseer or an elder is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. It goes on. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Now, those kind of, that kind of guidance from the Bible is very clear, isn't it? It's clear. It doesn't say six foot two, blonde and Scottish, but it does tell us what kind of character that an elder, all elders, including full-time elders, pastors, must have. So how can he means he needs to be a man of proven character? How can we find out if he's a proven character? Well, we'll take up a wide variety of references. We'll speak to people who know him well, and we'll we'll speak to him formally and informally to see his heart. So as I say, an elder must have all of these qualifications, not not some of them, but all of them. He must be on the first page, it said, able to teach. So one's somebody who can absolutely preach from the Bible. And then we might look at 1 Peter chapter 5. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. So as we're looking for a new pastor, then we need somebody who a man of character, somebody who can preach, and somebody to watch over the church because he loves you. That's the kind of man we're looking for. These things are essential. We might move on to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, where Paul tells Timothy, who is an elder in Ephesus, he says, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So there, yes, Timothy, an elder, all elders must be somebody who will endure hardship. And believe me, folks, there are many hardships in being leader of a church. There really are. There are many joys. There are many hardships. You've got to battle through and press on through those hardships. And you've got to have the heart of an evangelist. Unconverted people must lay very heavily on the heart of an elder or a pastor. And therefore, they, they must be in his prayers and in his actions an awful lot. Do you see how this is clear guidance from the Lord? It's, it's clear, isn't it, what kind of man we should be looking for. And that, folks, is better than leaning on your own understanding. What we're not talking about is, will he like me? Will he make me feel good about myself? Will he be my mate, my friend, my buddy? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about these biblical qualifications. 
And that's leaning on God's wisdom rather than our own understanding, isn't it? Now, I'm sorry we can't look at all the, the major questions that you have in, in your life this morning. I know there are big things in your life, things, questions about work, marriage, moving house, serving within the church. If you have questions about guidance, then please make an appointment to see one of, one of the elders, or, or perhaps me, and we'll be glad to look at the Bible with you to see if there is clear guidance and what kind of principles we can learn from that. We haven't time, I'm afraid, to look at them all this morning, but the elders will be very glad to support you. So Psalm 19 says, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The Bible can be trusted. The Bible is what we lean on. When we need wisdom, we lean on God's wisdom. And we can trust the Bible to lead us, can't we? Always. God never fails. So number three, in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Now part of the process of, of guidance and trusting in the Lord with all your heart involves asking God to send the Holy Spirit so that we can properly apply the Bible. And how do we ask the Holy Spirit to help us? Well, we do that in prayer, don't we? Prayer is submitting to God, saying, I'm really very small, weak and foolish, but you are almighty, wise and eternal. So God, I come to you, not only to praise your name, but to ask for your help. So we're going to submit to God who will make our path straight and we'll submit to him in prayers. Praying for wisdom, God's wisdom will make us think more biblically. Do you see how that will work? God's, God's wisdom will help us apply the Bible, which is therefore essential in our decision making. We can do no less than the, follow the example of the Lord Jesus who on the night before he chose the 12 disciples, what did, he, what did Jesus do? Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called the disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. So Jesus needed God's help in making sure that he chose the 12 and it was definitely God's will that Judas Iscariot was among that number. He didn't get it wrong. So he leaned on God's understanding. We need to be a praying people when it comes to calling the new pastor. Folks, your prayers matter. Your prayers matter. I'm looking each of you in the eye and saying your prayers matter. Each one of you praying at home and when a prayer meeting is called together then attend it either on zoom or in person if you possibly can because your prayers matter when it comes to calling the new pastor in our prayers we can tell god that we know that we don't know father we know that we don't know the way forward and so we look to you we, in our prayers, we'll tell God that we trust him, that our confidence is in him, the almighty God who knows everything. 
So we'll pray for the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures to help us. We ask God for a humble heart and we thank him confidently in anticipation for his help. In Acts chapter 15, the apostles had a huge decision to make. They had the, the, the church at that time was made up of Jews who were converted to the Lord Jesus. They had to decide, can we let those Gentiles in? In other words, the rest of the world. Can we let the rest of the world, the Gentiles, into the church of Jesus Christ? And so they, they met in Jerusalem and they held this big conference and they didn't know the way forward. So they, they looked in the Bible to see if it was God's will. And when they looked in, obviously they only had the Old Testament then, when they looked in the Old Testament, they could see that it had always been God's will for other people to come into his kingdom. That was helpful. And they prayed and they talked and they made this decision. And it says in Acts 15, verse 28, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. And they went on and gave some, some advice about what kind of food they couldn't eat or could eat. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So that we, we, as a church, we need to pray that we would have the same unity that the church in, that the, the, the council in Jerusalem had, that we would have a unity together, that we would have a sense of peace in our hearts, that it would seem good to the Holy Spirit and to us about who the next pastor would be, about making these huge decisions. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, God's word says, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. That's what we want, isn't it? We want to be filled with God's wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And we obtain this wisdom through the Bible and through prayer. So when it comes to choosing a new pastor, to voting him, we will... We will Voting for him, we will come together. We will discuss much. We will discuss at length. And we will study the Bible for clear guidance. And we will pray expectantly, waiting for God to answer. That, I would suggest, is, is how we lean on the Lord's understanding. And so let me remind you, and as we close, we'll trust in the Lord with all your heart. To trust in God is to have faith in him, to have confidence in him, the God of the Bible, the almighty, the eternal, the sovereign God who knows all things. So we're going to trust in a biblical God, a God who is bigger than we can think or even imagine. Yes? We're going to trust in him. We're going to trust in the one who sent his one and only son into this world in his wisdom to die upon a cross so that your sins could be forgiven. We will not lean on our own understanding. We'll trust God who reveals his will in the Bible, which we can totally trust. And in all our ways, we'll submit to him, confident that he will make our paths straight. He's our loving heavenly father 
who loves this church very much. God wants this church to grow and to flourish. We can be confident of that, can't we? And so we will come to him confident that he will answer our prayers, confident of his help. You know, as I close now, Romans 28, Romans 8:28 has been misused many, many times. It's been said that the Apostle Paul was one of the, the luckiest man alive because nobody quoted Romans 8:28 to him. Romans 8:28 says, "We know that all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose." That verse has been used many times in a wrong way, in an uncaring way. But today, it fits, doesn't it? Today, it fits as we trust in the Lord with all our heart, as we lean not on our own understanding, and as we submit to him, he will make our path straight. Then we can be confident that in God works all things for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. Because it's all for his glory, isn't it? It's all for his glory, for he is worthy.